0: The unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. You no know humanity to is take God's word and poems and prophecy hand This hand. is Young yes. Ecclesia Nation. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the word of God in ministration. I hope you God bless you. And write everything down. Don't Okay. Um, we're going to be talking about time orderliness and time management. Okay orderliness and time management it's going to be a bit of a teaching slash the practical explanation of how time management should work hallelujah so we're going to start off with an introduction i put forth i put here i said it like this: being a member of the body of christ is no small thing it is to be born into god's family ephesians 2 verse 19 so you probably need the bible Okay, so Ephesians 19, therefore, you are no more strangers and okay. foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. In other words, we are God's own what? Family. We are of the saints and of the household of God. We are God's family. Okay? So that body and family is called the church. And like every family or body of people called with the purpose, there is a culture or conduct expected of them. All right? There is a conduct. There is a behavior. Conduct means an expression. There is a culture, there's an expression. When people come together in an organized manner, what there's a glue that holds them together, right? Or there's something that should be expressed. When they come together with the purpose, and that thing is supposed to be a culture, conduct. There's something to, you should see, actually, that will promote the purpose and the vision of that particular, um, what would I say, that society. Hallelujah. It's going to promote the vision and the purpose of that particular society. All right? So, 1 Timothy 3, verse 15, tells us that, But if I stay long, that you may know how you ought to behave in the house of God, which is the church of living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So, if I stay long, that you may what know how you ought to what behave. In other words, there is a way we ought to behave. There is a conduct, there's a way we carry ourselves in the body of Christ. The same way you work in a company, they tell you in this company, this is the way we, this is our vision, this is our mission, this is our culture, this is the way we behave here. These are the set of rules that we have agreed to abide by. You understand, these are the things that make us what we are. So therefore, Paul is explaining here that there is a way we ought to what behave there's a way we ought to conduct ourselves. There's a way our actions must look like in the house of God. Okay. Second, okay. So there's also 2nd Thessalonians 2, verse 15. 2nd Thessalonians 2, 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions, the traditions with which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. So it tells us to stand fast and what? Hold on to the traditions. Traditions refer to things that have been what? Passed down to them. Ordinances, precepts, things that have become a culture with them. It says, hold the traditions which you have been taught. So in other words, how are traditions transferred? How is a culture better in a place? By what? Teaching. You see that? It says, which you have been what? Taught, whether by word or by our letters. In other words, whether by word, maybe in person, or whether by our letters, okay. So the way we communicate truth, the way we actually birth culture in a place, is by teaching. In other words, whatever the word of God has said about what we should be like, if it is not taught, it will not be birthed. Hallelujah. If it is not what taught, it will not be what birthed. All right. Second Thessalonians chapter three, six to ten. So you see that there is a tradition in the church, in the body of Christ, there is a tradition. There's a way things are done. There are things that are handed down. If I walk into a local assembly, there are indicators, things I should be able to look at and say, okay, by this, I know that this is actually the house of God, right? There's a way they want to behave. So in this case, he was saying, he says, for yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Now that was, we set the example. So it starts with the head and trickles down to the members. Neither do we eat any man's bread, for, you know, for nothing, but to rot with labor and travel night and day, that we may not be chargeable to any of you. You see that? So then it talks about like being an example, and everything, and and that. You can read the rest later. But there's an order. There's a way. There's a sequence. There's a way. You know, things follow. So. You now so this called conduct is born directly out of the, the nature of the new creation which is a mirror of our father god and thus its nature second it's actually nature it was not second nature it is nature to us it is who we are ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 it tells us to be you therefore followers of god be you therefore what followers of god As dear children. So in other words, we are to what follow in the footsteps of God because we are his children. There's a strong because there. Mm -hmm. We follow in the footsteps of God because what? We are his children. Mm -hmm. So there are many things that you are going to do in your life, not because of anything else, but the fact that you are a child of God. It is nature to you. Therefore, I follow. I go after this because it is who I am. It is what my father does. Jesus said, I do what I see the father doing. Why could he do that? Because he's a son. I, it's only the son that I should do what the father is doing because it is DNA. They share the same DNA. So the son looks at the father and does what he's doing. The same way a baby looks at the parent and says, I, I can walk because my dad can walk. I can talk because my dad can talk. You understand? I can do everything that I see my father doing. That's the way we are supposed to what, conduct ourselves. Hallelujah. Anytime we behave contrary to what we are received, we are saying to God that we don't value or treasure or appreciate the sacrifice because none of it came easy to us. It took the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to give it to us. In other words, there is a value. God attached a value to it. He went through a lot so that you may have it. And so, you know, there's something called casting pearls to swine, where you can get something of value, but it doesn't matter or mean anything to you. You treat something of less value than it actually is. So for us, our conduct in Christ is bettered from value. It's better from realizing that, no, these things were paid for. These things were costly. These things were expensive. You know, someone says salvation is free, but it was very costly. So, you know, the spirit of God in us is free, but it cost God everything to have that spirit in us. So, therefore, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to live our lives, we must live our lives in honor, you know, to value. Honor is a life lived of value concerning what he has done a life of appreciation it is a way, a way of saying we value and appreciate all that you have actually given us so i live my life in such a manner that i say thank you to my father what is the best thank you to god for what you have received the best thank you is to walk in what he has purchased for you that is the best thank you that is the best way to go about it is to walk in what he has purchased for us so what has he purchased for us in this case, we are making reference to the fact that he has given us, you know, we, have now, we are now, we are the body of Christ. He has grafted us by his spirit into the body. Ephesians 4 tells us that we are one body. Amen. One faith. One father. Okay. So, we are, we are grateful for that. And we are saying that there's a conduct, right? There's a... Conduct that comes as a result of that relationship. There is a conduct, a behavior, a tradition, a culture that comes as a result of that life. And so the believer who, you know, we can tell the believer who honors God, truly honors God by their the expression of their conduct, by the way they behave. It's the same thing with the supernatural. It's the same thing with the love work. It's the same thing with everything that God has asked us to do. He has asked us to do it from a place of honor for what he has done. If you value what I have provided for you or made available for you, then you will actually express it. You will actually use it. Are you seeing that? So, one of these that we're going to focus on, right, is orderliness. Orderliness or order, right? One of the things that have been given to us, even if it is a timeless principle, but you see, for us, it becomes personal because God is our Father. is order. Order. All right? Order. Now, we can actually make reference to 1 Timothy 3, verse 15 again that tells us that there is a way we ought to what? Behave in the house of God. In other words, there's an order set. Now, what is order? How can we understand the word order? All right? So, the dictionary definition of order... For me, what I did is I, I, I got words that are similar. Like thesaurus. In other words, words that are you can substitute for the word instead of order. You can use that other word to talk about synonyms. You know, if you want to use them, and that words, for example, sequence. There are words like arrangement, organization, structure, system, succession. So in other words, you're looking at order can be when you say sequence. You're talking about one after another. So for example, you have um, one, two, three, four, five. It is an order and it is very logical. It makes sense. It makes sense that after one, it should be two. After two, it should be three. After three, it should be four. After four, it should be five. It just makes sense. You can also look at the alphabet. The alphabet has been ordered to be A, B, C, D, E. From there, we now peel, put sentences and phrases and all that. An order has been set that after A is B. You understand? that is how it is the numbering system after 1 is 2 is 3 is 4 it is organized is arranged all right it's called order is the word sequence arrangement organization you know we say for example if you want to organize something what does that mean it means you push things around to serve a certain purpose i bring things i i i arrange things i Put things here. is the same word in order, you see. I put this here, put this here, put this here, in order for them to make sense and serve a particular purpose. So that is order. Order is, you know, just the same word like system too. We've discussed systems a lot in the ministry. What systems mean? Systems in the sense of, for example, we have our system of prayer. Then our system is you pray first before you preach. Then you evangelize. After evangelize, you, watch, you follow up. After follow up, what happens? You, you get the person to disciple the person. You invite the person for meetings. You understand? After that, you know, there's a sequence and order in which things are done. So let me say this. A few things about order. Order takes away confusion. Order gives definition to things. Order brings clarity to things. Order gives purpose to things. Without order, there is chaos. The opposite of order is chaos. Disorder means that things are not arranged. Things don't make sense. There is no harmony, right? For example, your clothes are well folded inside, you know, your wardrobe, in your room. Your shoes are where they should be. Your clothes are where they should be and all that stuff. We call it an orderly room, an orderly environment. Why? Because imagine the next morning you have to wake up and go, go somewhere. Imagine it was an emergency, just told you, come, come for an interview. You can quickly, you know, because you know where everything is, it already makes sense. It's a sensible arrangement. You can quickly pick one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. But imagine if the whole place was in chaos, everything was scattered everywhere socks in one side, shoes in one side, and everything differently. And you had to also arrange yourself to find what you need to find. You can imagine looking for things in the midst of that same stash it wouldn't make sense so order has a lot to do with logic and sense order is the natural way things should be you understand if they are going to be productive if they're going to make sense order is the birthplace of systems are you seeing that that one must come before the other right yes let, let me give you an example from scripture look at that one verse one to three all right it says, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order, right? This is this is this is um, Luke to set forth in order or to arrange. That's the word. Uh, actually in the Greek. That word is antasome. It means to arrange a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were I would ministers of the Majesty. Verse three. This also seemed good for me also having perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto you in what order? In other words, he's saying that these events are jumbled up. Other people have tried to put them in the right order. In other words, this happened, then this happened next, then this happened next, then this happened next. But I have, me, I have perfect understanding of these things. So I've sought to what? Put these things across to you in order, in a true order. That this happened, this, why? You know, why? why? He says that you may know the certainty of those things which you have been instructed in. So what does order do? Order brings what? Certainty. You are sure. When something is organized, people like it. There's a certainty I can trust it because it's systematic. So how will I trust that this story is true? Because it's going to make sense because you're going to see the order from when he was born, right? You're going to see what happened next, what happened next, and the story will flow. It will make sense that this is true because it is orderly. But imagine you start with his death, the next thing you now tell us when he went to go and heal Peter's mother-in-law. The next is start talking about three wise men, or the or the wise men and everything is jumble is disorderly. It doesn't make sense. So he put it forth in order that you may what be what sure. So orderly brings what certainty. Orderliness brings what clarity. You understand? Without orderliness, everything falls into chaos. Are you seeing that? Look, even the chapter, same one, verse nine. Okay, so or from verse eight, and it came to pass that while he executed the, the priest office, this is talking about Zechariah, actually, John's father. Okay, while he executed the, the priest's office before the Lord in the order of his course, in the what? order, that's our word again. This one is actually taxes in the Greek, it means the arrangement, the succession, or the rank, you know. So in this one, he was talking about in the order of his word, course. That is, this is the way they did it. Those people who had that office, this is the way, this is the function they carried out. So it also tells you that order does not really have to also be just, when you talk about sequence, order, it, it flows into different things. It can also be about um, hierarchies. So it can be, okay, this comes before this, this comes before this, this person comes before this. So for example, in the Bible, when we talk about the heavenly bodies, the, the order you always see is as the sun, the moon, the stars, that order. This, this, this. So in other words, you can also trace submission to order. And you now see submission has nothing to do with one is superior or inferior. No, it is just order. It just makes sense. There must be an arrangement. There must be a hierarchy for it to work. There must be one submitting to the other. It just just makes sense. It's just sensible. Are you seeing that? It's just sensible. There must be an order. So people that fight or rebel against authority, what are they saying? They are saying that we don't agree with, 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 with order. We don't agree with a sensible arrangement of things, you know. It it is it is rooted logically. We're going somewhere. So rank, right? For example, family: husband, wife, children. It's not that like the children are inferior to the husband. It's not that like the wife is weaker than the husband or anything. No, it is just order, because there must be order in every system. This comes before this comes before this. Just makes sense. One must come before the other. There's no, you get. It's just the same thing with our our meetings. For example, what is the average end meeting? You have prayer, right? Prayer comes first. And there's a reason why prayer comes first. Then what? Worship comes next. Then what? You now have the word comes next. You now have maybe prayer again. There's an order. There's a sequence. There's an arrangement. There's a way to arrange to get the best result. Every system that succeeds, every person that succeeds must have some form of order. Even the devil, the master of insubordination, is enforcing strict order within his ranks. Strict order <laughs> within the ranks. Strict order. Like very orderly. Because even Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. The house must be united. The house, they must, they don't break ranks. Everyone knows their own place. And that's another thing about order because every single thing that is in our range is there for a purpose. You see that? So even what we call purpose is found in order. There's a purpose, there's a reason for you being there. There's an order that we have here. So, in Yen, for example, there's an order, there's a way things are done. There's a way God has ordained it from the word of God. But there's also a way the set man has arranged it to fit, align properly with the vision that God has given him. It's called what? Order. A person who is orderly, you know, a person who, who observes order, you know, we call the person an orderly person. Or we say the person exhibits orderliness. Right? And remember we are saying that we... The world because it's something is a principle that is a, it's found in nature. It has it, be, it before it even comes to the church, it's something that's found all over nature. It is something that must exist for, for this world to function, for any government to stand, for anybody's life to be sensible, for any institution to run, there must be order. Are you seeing that? There must be order. And it is founded directly in God's principles. God is the one that founded it. You, they say you can't break laws or principles. You can only break yourself against them. You must be orderly if you're going to get anything done. All right? Orderliness is, is an essential part of life and logic and is found directly in God. Proverbs 8, verse 29. Let's even read from verse 23. It says, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there was no depth, He says, I I was brought forth when there was no fountains abounding in water. Before the mountains, notice it says before. In other words, there was something before. There was something after. Are you seeing that that God's operation involves befores and afters? It involves that. In other words, God is intentional. There's an arrangement. This came before. This came after. And there's a reason this happened before. There's a reason this happened after. He says, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set the compass upon the face of the dead, when he established the clouds above, and when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave this to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, where he appointed the foundation of the earth. In other words, if you look at the water, there's a reason that the waters don't overflow the, the earth they just stay in their boundary because God said so. In other words, that's the order he set forth. The order is don't because there's a purpose for the for the ground. There's a the purpose of the waters. In other words, the waters, you don't pass here. But you see the same God when he wanted to achieve another purpose, he just wipe the earth. Clean. What did he do? He made the waters pass their bounds. The Bible says the fountains of the deep were opened. It wasn't just rain that fell. Actually, there was rain that fell but the fountains of the deep were also opened. There were fountains that sprang forth from the ground and cover the entire world. So you see, God is extremely orderly. Now, it's going to be very funny to think logically that God is orderly. His principles are orderly. Without knowing God, you can look into creation. That's one reason you can look into creation and know there's a God, because there's order in creation. There's such order. There's such sequence. There's such arrangement in creation that it is too deliberate. It is too organized. That's why someone... That, that, that looks at everything creation as, and arrives at the conclusion that there's no God the someone that is not thinking properly. In was logic appreciates <laughs> order because order is just logical. Are you seeing that? So, when we now say that our God is a God of order, right? Our God is orderly. It would be very illogical to think that it does not trickle into his own house. Or that the believer is not obliged to be orderly, or that God's kingdom can run without any semblance or idea or you know or re- re- you know retinue of order. Order must be found in God's house, too. Are you seeing that? Order is foundation to anything you are building. It is the idea of being systematic. Without it, nothing can exist. Without it, no structure would work. Without it, you would not even exist. Okay? The church thrives on orderliness, and orderliness is how the church is going to succeed in an assignment. So we're going to look at a few texts of Scripture, you know, on how order was used. I'm not going to be using just the word order in search, and you're going to be seeing how it came out. We've already looked at Luke, right? Acts 18.23, and after he has spent some time there, he departed and went over to the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, in order, what? Strengthening those disciples. In other words, he went to this word and he went to the other one. That's the order. All right, then you know, it now says, First Corinthians 11, verse 34, if any man is hungry, let him eat at home, that you may, may not come together unto condemnation, and the rest are what? Set in order when I come. In other words, the rest I will give command. So I, I want to say something. You know, in the house of God, there is order. There is command. One way uh, order is established is by commands and instructions. In other words, order cannot exist without some form of leadership. Order cannot exist, arrangement cannot exist without some form of overseeing, oversight. There must be an oversight over it. That's why in the body of Christ, in the house of God, you have the leaders. God puts men oversight, you know, to have oversight. But part of that oversight is to give instructions. Hebrews chapter, you know, that that should be Hebrews 13, where it says, "Obey, Obey them that have the rule or command over you. They give instructions. Why? For the sake of order. There must be an order. I remember we said that order is established by teaching. Culture is established by teaching. So, uh, you know, an order for us as believers, we don't just want instructions. We want the culture because it's a culture. The orders are just given is to arrange, is is to maintain, establish and maintain a culture. So order is important. Order is important based, first of all, on hierarchy. You see that? That's why God will take you and put you under men because men must maintain order. It's also why you see that men, God will give men and men are the ones who are going to formulate how things were do- are done. There's an order. And when this order comes, what happens? Men again are the ones that come and reestablish order. You can look at Acts 6. The Bible talks about the daily distributions of food to the Grecian widows. or the you know, And then the Grecian widows were left out in the sharing. What did they do? They picked men Again, you see that they picked men. Men were the ones that they used to bring order. They say pick seven men of 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 repute and note and everything among the people, and they picked seven men. And those men brought what order to chaos. Those men brought order to chaos, and I said again, order is also established. Culture is also established by what teaching. Paul is saying, I will set in order when I come. The rest, I will. he wrote to establish some things, put some things in order. When things are not working well, put things in order. But in us words, when I come, I will what establish the rest. First Corinthians fourteen verse forty. Let all things be done what decently and what in order. Are you seeing that God likes order? There are things you don't do in a meeting. There are things you do. There's a way you behave. There's a way you behave outside meetings also. Whether it's virtual or not, there's an order. There's a way things are done. There's a sequence, an arrangement that must occur if the church is going to have results. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Okay. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now, concerning the collection for the saints as I have given what? Order. I've given what? Order. I've given instructions. So, in other words, they needed to establish a financial system, right? A purpose that they needed to give to the churches in Jerusalem what did they do? They established a system. They created an order that was going to be giving them finances. And they said, the purpose of it is that there'll be no gatherings when I come. So there's an order. Order is essential. To fight order is foolishness. Are you seeing that? To fight order, and this is why you will now understand why any believer who is not under order cannot receive from God. Because, you see, order is what arranges the Great Commission thrives around order. God works with order. It's, see, if someone says, my life is messed up, I don't know, God arranged my life for me. God has to bring a person into your life to bring order. When a person comes to your life, the first thing that God, that person will do is establish order. That's why you know, you meet me, one of the first things I do, I will look at your routine, I ask, what is your prayer life like? What is your life like? I will have a, a lightning discussion with you. And from there, I will now set order. This, 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 this. Let me say this. That's also part of why you're in a home. There's a father, mother, and everything. There's an order. They, 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 they arrange things. They have set a way things should occur. When you see people who are dysfunctional in society, you are looking at people who never imbibed order, who never appreciated order. Who never allowed order to govern their lives? So you see, some people they generally end up in the prison system, in, into another facility where they now try to what? It's called a correctional facility. That thing that you did not receive at home, they now try to put it to, put it there by what regimenting your life. Timothy chapter one verse five. For this cause, left are you in Crete that you should what set what in order? Are you seeing that you should what set? Look at the word set to put in order to set you are the one who sets to set in order right to set in order the things that are wanting so when things are disorderly order order is set you set things you arrange things this is why in a fellowship or or whatever you have to realize that the pastor is actually the alpha in a fellowship, in a ministry, and you know, whatever, the pastor, there must be a head. I've always said this, that you cannot have two or three. There must be one. Because there must be one person who says things order. There must be an order of, of hierarchy. Others must, because if two don't agree, a system cannot work. If you have two people, they must agree. This is not a partnership business. This is an order. Amen. I'm going somewhere because we're still talking about time management. All right? There must be an order. Same thing in the business, same thing with everything we do. Okay, so you can read that, you keep on seeing order, 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 order. It's all rampant throughout the entire scriptures. There's even the order of Melchizedek, you know, there's the order of the first Adam, then the second Adam. You know, that God things, God does, God does things sequentially. Now, you should realize that for order to work, it must be respected. For when he says I'll set things in order, you get. For it to work harmoniously, it must be respected. Let me even say this that if you are going to if you are going to say that you love the Lord and you actually disregard the system of order, you don't love the Lord. Because the way we serve the Lord, we serve the Lord from a place of order. We have to come under a system of order. There is a system he has already put in place, order. His order is the way things get done. How is going the great commission going to go throughout the earth? He has set for discipleship, going all the world and preach the gospel. He says, "Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do." You see that? In other words, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. In other words, he's saying I'm set an order with you, but the people that you are going to go and reach out to other people and bring them into that order, bring them into that order, bring it to them into the way we do things, bring them into our system. That's how we get things done. So we're now going to branch. Now we we should understand the concept or idea of order. That order is something that has been established from the foundations of the world. Order is rooted in God. You cannot Ephesians five one says be followers of God as their children. You you can't say you you are a believer, and the only you can imitate other things, you don't imitate order. You don't submit to God's system of order. You don't think of, you know, you're not part and parcel of it. You don't see the value in it. There's an order. There's an honor we place on God's instructions. God's instructions will produce an order in your life. God's commandments will bring order to your life. They will order your steps. They will order you in the manner of Christ. They will produce the result of Christ-likeness inside you. They will bring, the way we express, how do we squeeze out the Christ-likeness in us? How do we express the Christ in us? It is order. Order comes in to mold us into that block of Christ. Order curbs excess. Order removes distractions. Are you seeing that? If you think about your school system, you see there's an order in your school system. That is why you can get the best out of it. Because there's an order. Class is by this time. After class, this. Now, you'll notice that there's something that runs order. Now, we're talking about sequential order, not hierarchical order. Something that runs systems and orders is time. Time is the glue that puts a system together. Without time, there is no arrangement. (laughs) Without time, there is no hierarchy. There's no no sequence. Sequence alone, in fact, the idea of time involves sequence. Without time, there is no sequence. Therefore, a mismanagement of time is the destruction of a system. The mismanagement of time is to put to nothing, an order that has been established. A mismanagement of time is a disregard for an order or a system. When time is not properly managed, a system cannot work because your world is highly systematic. Your world is highly ordered. As I'm talking to you, all of us here are being governed by one form of time, one form of you know, order or, or, or you know, or the other. There's some order, something. There's an order in our lives. Now, order is either internal or external. In other words, there's the ordering that you do, but there's also what is ordered on you. There's also, you know, something that is imposed on you. It's one of the two. So as we are now we are being influenced, by this time, this is what we do. It's an order set and you see the, the the glue the one thing the one thing that shows that you regard that order the one thing that shows that you respect that order the one thing that shows you are submitted to that order is your regard of time your regard of time therefore i will submit to you that one thing you must have strongly embedded in you is an understanding of time and an awareness of time a respect, a deep respect for time. Because time is what shows what is important to you. Time is a defining factor. How we know what is important to you is time, what you allot and allocate your time to. What time you know, the events that you are conscious about. You can't be conscious of an event and you're not, you don't think about the timing of the event. There's no way. There's always a timing to it. You see, we didn't just have this meeting and just say, oh, today we're having this meeting. Or we just say, oh, I'm going to have a meeting today everyone on time management. You know, and I just said, that's it. No, I had to put the time. The moment I put a time to, what was I saying? I was saying I am committed to having this meeting. Are you seeing that? No, that was time expresses our commitment. Time expresses our commitment. Time expresses our seriousness. Whatever you don't have a set time for, you are not serious about. Whatever doesn't have a set time to will never be accomplished. There must be a set time even God knew that the Messiah will come at a set time. That's why you see in the book of Daniel, he now prophesies exactly when the Messiah will come. In other words, it, it's, not just, it's not something that just hanging in the balance. He had to say this is exactly when he will come. There must be a commitment. Time consciousness is for serious people. You can know an unserious man by his lack of consciousness or awareness of how time works. person who is committed must make time for things how do you tell someone i care about you you allot time to them how do you say i i I really care about this project i allot time to it how do i say i love god i allot time to god and i respect the times that god sets how do i say i'm serious about making money or i'm serious about my commitment to a company they give me what a time They let me know that there is a time for this thing, a time to show up. If I start working with the company, I don't show up by Saturday by 4 p.m. When they said Monday 8 a.m. is when you should come. That is how my seriousness is expressed. You can't say, oh, I, I value fitness. And there is no time you make out to work on your body. You can't say you value education and there's no time you make out to study. You can't say you value your hair and there's no time you make out to go do it. To go take care of it. You can't say you value a relationship and there's no time you allot to it. You can't say you value the word of God and there's no time you you, you, you allot to study it. Now, it's not just enough to allot the time, but it also goes for that you must respect the time allotted. In other words, when the time comes, you show up. Many people have been taken aback, you know, when the consequences of, of, of lack of time compound or lack of time consciousness, awareness, awareness or management compounds on them and they lose a job, they lose a friend. They lose a relationship. They lose or grow cold in a relationship with God. Because in the end, whatever is not planned out, you've already failed. And whatever is planned out must have the idea of planning that there's a time to it. And that time that comes is an integrity that must come to the table There's a commitment. My commitment to something is shown in the time. Both in the quality of time spent, but also uh, to show up on time. And this is where I'm going to ham, hammer or happen. showing up on time. Many people have this mindset of time. And they work with a lot of vagueness when it comes to time. Many people are not specific when it comes to time. You will make time for what you value. But you see, the truth is that you find out that as people grow, even if they don't really value time, what really matters to them, they find a way to conform themselves to the times set for those things. So if it is work, you find yourself, even if you 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 you, you if you leave yourself, you wake up 9 or 10 a.m. in the morning, you'll be lazy all day, do nothing. But if you have a job and that job says 8 a.m., you'll be there by 8 a.m. If there's an exam that says 8, 6 a.m. There was an exam like that in school back then. Normally, we have classes by 8 a.m., but there was this particular day we we're having tests that week, and then the exams were 6 a.m., meaning that people had to wake up 4 a.m. and be there before 6. And guess what? The class was full. Because there is a value to that. So therefore, let me say this. Lateness is an expression of a lack of value. Lateness for anything you've committed to is an expression of a lack of value. Lateness is a rebellion against an order. Lateness is unseriousness. When a person is late, he's speaking volumes. When a person is on time, he's speaking volumes. If there's an order in the world, and people, let me say this, in the world, people take you seriously by how you show up on time. Your workplace takes you seriously by how you show up on time. You, You see that? There are many people. I don't know about you, but there are people like me that take you take you serious by your showing up on time for things. We don't operate by African time in the kingdom of God. There is nothing like African time. There is nothing like. Many people work with the vagueness of of time. This vagueness. If someone says one o'clock, your mind oh, be to around one, around one. And what that means is anything from 30, to three o'clock. Ah, it's okay to show up. And that is where a lot of people are missing it, missing it. Because I said, the time you set for something, your commitment to time, you're showing up on time is an expression of value for that thing. It's an expression of value for the person. And it's an expression of value, you know, for whatever that relationship stands for. It is actually better for you to show up early, earlier, and be waiting for the person, and the person walks in on you. It's actually better. What are you telling that person? You are saying that my time is precious. My time is valuable. When you don't value a person, you don't value their time. It's a lack of value. It's a lack of respect. It's a lack of honor. Because honor is the same word as value. You Whatever you honor, you place premium on. You place priority on. Especially if you made a commitment to that thing. If you made a commitment... To that thing what does that say of you it says this thing i value this meeting i know that this meeting is of importance so i commit time to it for some people being on time they, they, they have an on is there's a way but there really is no there's no excuse because everybody has been on time for something and if you check it you are on time for something you valued if they told you for some ladies that, oh, this skirt is going to be 50% off by this time. And if you come one minute later, you're not going to see this skirt. You will see them on time. What is that? Value. Are you seeing that? Value. If someone said, I'm, tr- I'm going to the airport by tomorrow morning, by 9 a.m. I'm leaving my house. You have to be here by 8. After 8, I will not be there. I'm going, you know, and the person is going to give you $1,000. People will be there, what? On time. Why? Value. Value for a man's order. The order the man has set. You you know, you, you are showing value for what the man can give you. Value for his order. You come on, you shop on time because you know there's something you miss. The problem usually is that when things are not natural, and you see, the carnal man is always drawn to natural things. When the carnal man cannot see value, you cannot see something like as as dum- as as natural as money as you know na- earthly in earthly value as natural as money. You can't see the money. Therefore, somewhere subconsciously, the value is not there. So even if you say with your mouth, "I value," it, your actions are lacking because really, what moves you as a canal kind of person is natural things. You know that whole idea of that five minutes late, that two minutes late, like you must always show up late is. See, say whichever excuse you want to give yourself, give it, but the truth is that it is purely an expression of zero value. Because it's not enough to just show up for something you committed to. It is also important to show up on time or even before the time. It shows you are serious. It shows you are serious. We We can see a deficiency in your character by the kind of time you show up for things. It's a deficiency in your character. There's a problem with your value system. There's a problem with your priorities. There's a problem with your understanding or or respect of order, people's ordained order. And what people don't understand is that these things are are, are counted because you come late, you are just saying, I don't value whatever is happening here. It's not enough to come for the meeting, but to come early is the value. To come on time is the value. It's to say, I value this meeting. I value what God is doing here. I value the spirit of God. God said this time I should I value God. And many people don't have that. I know we've always said something, there's even the part of decency, which is if I could not show up on time, I say, okay, this is why I, you know, and you call early. No value for the order set by the man. Because you see, when God appoints a man, he gives the man the liberty to set the or to set things in order, to put things in order so that God's plans may be achieved. The man puts things in order. It is not respected. It is not honored. It is not regarded. And then you say you honor God. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And now, I want to give, because it also dawned on me that some people, the way they were probably raised, they were raised not to regard time. hope you know that it's very possible that people can just be, they can have noble intentions, but they are raised in such a manner that they don't regard time. Or they don't even have an idea of how time works. There's something I call being time conscious. Right? Being time conscious, being aware of time. You understand? An awareness of time means at any point in time during the day, I should be aware of at least what time it is, even if it's vague, even if it's not accurate, but to a degree, I should be aware. For example, now, if I want to say time, I'll probably say the time should be 8, 8.55 or 6 or 7. You understand? Look, I just looked at it now. 8.55. I have an awareness of time. So, and how did I raise awareness? Because I have a habit of looking at the time from time to time. I look at the time. So, I have a habit of glancing at my watch. Glancing, that's why, for me, I like, that's why I like watches. Though. I like watches because I'm always time. I'm, I have a habit of glancing. I want to know, I'll be aware of, okay, what time is it? What time I'm So, I'm always aware of it. And many people are not aware of time. So, the way time passes or time flies, you know, just say like, oh, time flies. They're not aware one hour has gone. They're not aware two hours has gone. They're not aware of what's going on. You must be aware of time, because it's an awareness of time that you are able to be able, you know, you are able to properly put things, you know, in their place. Some people, you just went, oh, I'm going to watch this series, and you just watch, just watch five, six hours, just went. You don't know, you just, you know, there's people that just treat their time like that, and that's why they're never, they're never productive. You must be able to. On that, you know, to be aware of time. That's the first thing. I'm talking about keys to be time conscious. Keys to, you know, keys to, to 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 arrive on time. You must be, first of all, aware of time. Have a habit of glancing at your watch, looking regularly at the time. What is the time? What is the time? Is the time? You know, after a while, it, for me, it got to a point in my life where I would I could tell you the time at any point in the day as if it was a word of knowledge. Any time in the day, I would just say, this time is 8.09. I would look and it would be 8.09. But part of what helped me with that was the way my mom raised us. My mom raised us to be very time conscious because she drilled it into us as as kids. The way we were raised, she would, in the morning, when it's time for school, she's going to drive us to school. If we waste time, she will leave us. So she will wake us by 5 a.m., and at 5 to 6, you must be ready by 6. If you miss, because she, she used to go to work. If you miss that 6 o'clock, she will leave you. She may wait for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, then she will leave you. And several times she left me. And I now after some morning, I will have to walk. I will either walk to school, be very late. Or if I had, I will now walk down to go and find a bike and enter. It happened to me. After it happened to me several times, no matter what's doing you, even if it's demonic poop in your body, it will, it, that thing will your, your your body will absorb it, and you enter that car. It taught us to be aware of time. So five a.m., I just knew. You know, so the, oh no, let me just sleep a bit more. Let me just sleep a bit more. I we became so aware. Five p.m. Another thing that he taught us was, and this is another tip. He now taught me how to for plan my day, in other words, or for plan my morning. In other words. If I know I have to be on time for something the next day, let's just say I have to be at an appointment by 8 a.m. the next morning. The day before, I would think about the next day. I will say, okay, for me to leave this house or to be at that place by 8 a.m., what does that mean? It means I should leave my house 7 a.m. Because I would calculate that, okay, I can probably be there in roughly 30 minutes, right? But then I will leave an extra 30 minutes of in case and there are some cases where you know that, for example, my house on the island, there can be traffic. And maybe if there's no traffic, it probably take me 15 minutes, one hour, but I know with traffic, I better leave an extra one hour or sometimes two. You factor that in. If I'm going to be on an appointment, let's just say in the island, by for if the island appointment is 8 a.m., it means I can't even leave my house 7 a.m. I should leave my house 6 a.m. If I want to be on time for that appointment because I want to leave one hour for what traffic in case. Because I say it's better to arrive there earlier than to arrive there late. So I would leave. I, so that means by that means 6 a.m. I should leave in my house. Do you know what that now means for me? It means that 5 a.m. I must have my bath. Yeah. To have my bath and dress up takes me, maybe. I know dress up it probably take me 30 minutes, but again, you leave extra what? Time. So I know by 5 a.m. I should be having my bath and dressing up. Now, I'm a Christian. I should wake up and pray first and study the word. Why? What does that mean? It means I have to backdate an extra hour. Meaning I should wake up, what? 4. Are you seeing that? I should wake up, what? 4 a.m. For an appointment that is, what? 8 a.m. Do you know some people are not aware of this thing I'm saying? Some people are not conscious of this thing I'm saying. But This is actually how my life is governed. I make sure I say okay, I plan it out, premeditate it, I think of I think it through. Sometimes I will be checking my map, depending on where I'm going. I will look at my map and say okay, according to this map, what is it, what's it showing? You know, I will look at the time of the day and all that stuff, and you know, to plan carefully and say okay, according to this, this is what's probably going to happen. And I give allowance, I give room for all those things. If it's a zoom call by six. I say, okay, what will I be doing throughout the day? I will now say, okay, I should be finishing this by four. I should be doing this by five. You know, like this Zoom call is by 8 p.m. There are things that my family requires of me, that my wife requires of me. I would have had to sit down and plan how I'm going to do all those things before the time. That's how to be orderly. That is actually what the price I have to pay to make sure that the time, you know, the time set for this meeting is respected. That I respect the commitment I've made here and I respect the people that I've actually brought here. I don't waste their time. And let me say this. Become the person that even if it is for your friend, you are time conscious. Let it not be that you are time conscious towards certain people and not time conscious towards other people. No, Become known. Let it be a value because it emanates straight from God that this is God. God is a God of order. God is conscious of time. If you don't know, That's why in case you don't know, when you you sit down with God and say, God, I'm going to be meeting you 6 a.m., I'm sure you've heard of certain people that will tell you that at 6 a.m., after a while, it starts to feel that environment see if God is just waiting there. God actually values time. He values appointments. If a meeting is supposed to start by 9 a.m., you say the year is 9 a.m., God is there, 9 a.m., God is actually there. It's ticked off. With men's words, God honors our words. When we say, if your set man tells you 9 a.m., 8 a.m., 6 a.m., The moment he says that God honors it, God takes it, angels, everyone honors it and takes it. It's God's program, but God allows the set man to set the time unless God intervenes and says, no, set it this way. God allows the set man to set it in order and then God honors that word. And that's how people miss things. Meeting that is for 8 a.m., you come 9 a.m. People miss out on many things because of this lack of order because of this lack of awareness of time, lack of respect for God's time, the lack of honor. Because if you are going to honor the meeting, the assembling of the brethren, you must be on time. If the president of the United States, president of Nigeria, president of Germany, or whoever, tells you to come and visit (laughs) by a certain time, he says, come, please, um, please, I have to travel. I'll be gone by 5 a.m. And... You know, you're not going to say, ah, sir, can we just uh, please? I five, I'll be asleep. I five, this one, or no, you honor it.